Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, we've reached the end. Oh, man. Yeah. But it's, it's also it's the been... start. Yeah, it's a weird way to look at it, but for us, we're going to take a, it's, it's, we're going to get a little bit of a break in here, a little bit of a breather. He went through every team in the state, Division One. And we can finally actually watch some games. So I'm really excited. I, I just, I feel so accomplished. Yeah. Looking at right? like my, all my docs and all the <laughs> notes that I have and everything on 48 teams. Yep. 48 teams, man. We have gone through. That's um, a lot. Whew, I, it's very impressed. Even my phone, uh, right before we started this, actually gave me a notification. Do you want to start a six minute timer? like oh, it literally man. i've never got that before this morning man, it's just like that. you know what you you we know what you're about what's about to go down like i was <laughs> like all right all right apple like you're spying on me definitely i probably should like be worried but this is great yes i do with the six minute timer. <laughs> thank you um but yes last one dfw2 uh today we got baylor north texas and ut arlington ending it with just a loaded slate of teams yeah. here um we'll start with baylor we will start with baylor the baylor men's uh for those who don't know we do six minutes on each team if you haven't already go check out um our old other podcast before the season starts we like i said we preview every all 24 teams in texas men's and women's 48 teams in total let's do this six minutes i do want the six minute timer <laughs> baylor men's I'll, I'll start us off here all right on the men's side i mean what more can you say scott drew we had him on the podcast talked to him great guy they're the national champs the reigning national champs baylor bears 18 and 2 overall 13 and 1 and really if you look at the two losses they were flukes I mean, that, that, that's what they were. It, that's <laughs> At the end of the day, this was a team that just ran the table. Everybody they played, um, if it wasn't for their COVID stop in the middle of the year, this team would have rolled through everybody and been undefeated. I'm confident of saying that because I mean, they came back and they barely beat Iowa State and then they lose to Kansas. And you're just like, this is not the same team. But they find their form. They close the season out really, really strong. And then they go in the tournament and they lose again. I think they were... I'm trying to remember what the situation was. I feel like there was, I might be, I'm sketchy on that part. I can't, I can't, I can't remember exactly either. I think Kate Cunningham went kind of off. Um, and I think it was just one of those games where they, the, I think the most talented player on the floor just kind of yeah. had his way. Yeah. And they couldn't shoot if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of just blanked all that out because the only thing I remember is the tournament run. Just sure. Yeah. <laughs> just an unreal run, obviously in with beating Gonzaga, which is one of the favorite Getting on here and doing that podcast after that win is mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts ever that I've done mm-hmm. just in general uh, because it was so 
raw we did it right after like the buzzer and i felt great about it because we we had watched this team the entire year and so many people had picked gonzaga and now we're like this team is legit it's one of the greatest teams of all time and that's what they were they were shot 41.3 percent from three you had uh, davian mitchell uh, macy ot jared butler mark vital you got on list i mean we'll talk about some of the returners as well that were on that team and a special special team um like i said you lose those four guys that i just mentioned but i mean they were literally good at everything last year plus 5.5 in the turnover margin a swarming defense one of the best offenses in in uh, best in college basketball history amazing team yeah, I think that they took us the one the one thing that I loved about last year's team was that <clears throat> they took like a small step back defensively from the year before, um, but they absolutely kicked it up in shooting because the year before there were some games where you could see and maybe it was because, you know, Davion Mitchell wasn't really that uh, uh, aggressive at that point. Um, there were a lot of games in 2019, 2020, where it was Jared Butler kind of needing to bail them out at times. And last year, they kick up the tempo. Adam Flagler off the bench was huge. And they just bring a different, they just brought a different level of uh, of cohesiveness on offense to where you they had no weakness, right? They could, we mentioned how that's probably the best uh, uh, ISO team ever we've ever seen and one of the best shooting teams. And so like, it didn't matter if you were able to, uh, defend them one-on-one you you couldn't but if you were able to manage to manage to find something on defense against them they were able to kick it out to somebody they were able to play I mean there were times where they threw out you know uh, Matthew Meyer at the five and just like we're just going to play five out and just see what teams can do and nobody could do anything um yeah just an insanely fun team and you know that we mentioned you know they bring back they they lose those four key players but it's an intriguing group coming back and I like the mix of talent they bring in. I believe uh, Ke- uh, freshman Kendall Brown as well, who's a five-star recruit, their best ever recruit. Um, they bring in James Akinjo from Arizona, who's who's an all-conference caliber player there. I believe he was preseason all Big 12 anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they bring back Flo Thamba, uh, Jonathan Chamochachua. I mean, I mentioned Matthew Meyer, Adam Flagler. Like, this is a team that's ready to 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 go back and, and at least compete for the big 12 and probably, you know, they're going to have aspirations of another elite eight, at least elite eight run um, guys like LJ Cryer probably coming into the fold a little bit more. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated to see this team because this isn't going to be the same ISO heavy team that we saw last year. Yeah. Um, another player you, you named, you named all the uh, the newcomers uh dale bonner's another guy scott drew i think mentioned on this podcast uh coming in from fairmont state he lit it up over there um but yeah that i have the starting lineup right now is james kenjo adam flagler it depends who you want to start at the three probably i have kendall brown there i have um six eight um freshman like you said star freshman could start there at the three then you have mm-hmm. matthew mayer and uh, jonathan chamochachua or flo thamba whoever you want to run out at the five i feel sure. really good about their size i feel good about um their i think they're gonna kind of go back to what they were before i mean in 2019 mm-hmm. a little bit more uh 1920 rather uh with it being more defense centric i can see this team just locking in defensively because I while I think Flagler and Mayer and Akinjo are really good players that can score the ball I 
I think it might be simplified a little bit offensively. They might not try to, you know, reinvent the wheel to a degree. So I feel like it's going to go back to being one of a top, let's say 15 defense in the country. Cause I think last year they ended the year at 22nd overall, uh, according to Ken Palm and offensively, they might take, they're definitely going to take a step back. You can't take a step forward. It's impossible, but uh, you know, you're going to take a step back. I think defensively is where they're going to try to make it up. Yeah, I agree there. I mean, you, as much as they bring back, you know, you lose an insane, you lose that, that two pivotal players on defense with uh, Mark Vidal. And then of course, Davion Mitchell, Mark Vidal allowed them basically to switch one through five. And, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he had so much aggression and so much, quickness for the guy that size that it didn't matter who he was guarding and then of course Davion Mitchell who was literally drafted just purely for his defensive prowess and his aggression and that it's not even including how much he still can learn and grill offensively and so you lose those two guys you lose somebody who was just able to do it all in a Macy Oteague um is shoot handle defend solidly and then you lose your leader, right? You lose your best player in Jared Butler, and you you are going to take a step back because I think Adam Flagler will do good as a starting point guard, but he's not the same player. He's not the same. He's just he's just very different in terms of what he does well. Jared Butler is just that typical. I think this is why he kind of fell in the draft as well. He's a very he's a very solid and good college point guard that you just know can run an offense, defend at a high level shoot the ball, and you probably know he's kind of a finished product for better and worse, right? And I think that's why he's going to have a long career in the NBA is because he's he's that type of player. But you can't replace that overnight. And as much as Adam, I expect Adam Flagler to be somebody, somebody really good this year, he's not Jared Butler. And he's yeah. not a, you know, Jared Butler was what the, the in 2019-20, he was the Big 12 player of the year, right? Yeah. Um, and probably should have been in 2020 as well. So... 2020, 2021. So, you know, it's going to be a natural step back, but this is still one of the three best teams in the conference easily. Like it's going to be Kansas, Texas, Baylor, like not, I'm not saying in that order, but those three teams are going to be competing for this conference. Yep. I think Kendall Brown's going to be huge for this team. They, I'm they need so him. fascinated to see what, what they look like with him. Yeah. They need him to be uh, at the very least a capable starter on a consistent basis. And I right. don't, I mean, I haven't seen him yet, so we'll have to see how that goes. All right, um, let's predict. Like you said, I think I think everybody has them third right now in the Big 12 going into the mm-hmm. year. Kansas, Texas as the top two, and then Baylor coming in third. So 18-game schedule. What are we looking at here for Baylor, Mins, and I was like, Ken Palm has them second right now. Ooh, but over who? Yeah. Over Kansas? Over, okay. over uh, behind te- uh, over Texas. Okay. They have tech. They have Texas fourth. Ken Palm is not a big fan. He has tech over Texas right now. Oh so, man, that would be yeah. something. Okay. He has he has uh, he has Kansas and Baylor sitting at thirteen and five, and Tech and uh, Texas at eleven and seven. Do we have Texas at twelve and six, fourteen and four? Okay. Um, all right, Baylor men's uh, eighteen games. I'm gonna be. I think you mentioned this when we talked about Texas. You you thought the Big 12 was going to be a little bit more even. In a mm-hmm. sense, you thought like 13 wins might win it, 14 wins probably will. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go 11 and 7. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go 12 and 6. All right. You have the same yeah. Baylor and Texas same record. Yep, I think that's going to be 
a hell of a game. And I think I mentioned I mentioned Texas and Tech going to be interesting. That Tech Baylor matchup is going to be nasty. Just as both those teams are just going to like. I think that's first to 50. Like, I yeah. really do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question before we move on real quick. Who's the best player yeah. on this team? Because I couldn't answer that question when I said that last night. Matthew Mayer. <clears throat> I think so. I think this is going to be a year where he really has a chance to show. I think it'll be Matthew Mayer and James Akinjo kind of yeah, battling for that. I was going to say Akinjo. <laughs> but I, I like the Mayor. But, yeah, I think he's – this is a big year for him. Like, this is – we saw a lot of flashes last year. Like, he's able to handle the ball a little bit. Um, he, he's mostly a mismatch. If they play him at the four, he's a mismatch. And he's he's that prototypical – potentially that prototypical NBA 3 and D where it's like 6'9 wing who can shoot and defend really well. If he can create a little bit better, I, I have no idea where his ceiling is. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the women. Uh, let you start us off and get the six minute timer going. Uh, we could talk about all right. these two teams all day. Shout out Baylor basketball. I know, right? We can have we just can have giving us content. Podcast. Just giving us content, <laughs> Baylor. Love them. Have entire podcast over these two. All right. <clears throat> so 28 and 3, 17 and 1 last year. Go all the way to the Elite Eight. Some people call that a disappointment, but you look at that region. I mean, they lose to UConn by two. Uh, that region had Iowa, that region had Michigan, they had Tennessee, Kentucky. The fact that Baylor was a two is is insane because I just mentioned the record. And now it's a little bit of a reload. It's not a rebuild, um, even though, you know, Kim Mulkey's off to LSU now. Nikki Collin comes in. They still have the best player in the country slash in the state at the very least uh, in Melissa Smith. They bring in a lot of insane talent overnight. They lose some trans, they lose some to transfer. Of course, they lose the best defender in, in the country and uh, Dee Dee Richards to the WNBA. Um, they lose a lot of players like DJ Carrington and things like that. But I believe they also lose uh, Hannah Gusters to LSU, uh, Moon Arson to uh, Tulane, I believe she yeah. went to. Mm. So, and so they, they lose some contributors from last year's team, but I mentioned Alyssa Smith. They bring back Queen Egbo. Uh, Sarah Andrews is probably going to be somebody who's asked to step up a lot. Kaylin Bickle, who was a contributor on last year's team. And they bring in, I mean, overnight, Jamie, Jamie Asbury, Jordan Lewis, Kamaria McDaniel, like three all-conference guards out of nowhere. Um, when you're probably looking at Kamaria McDaniel as the sixth woman off the bench, like that's kind of stupid. Like she was an all-conference caliber player coming out of Penn State. And so, you know, the question basically just becomes what this team look this team looks like under Nikki Collin, right? Last year, they were such a fascinating test case on how Kim Mulkey is a, was able to adapt that team because they weren't they didn't shoot a lot of threes. They basically uh, chose to basically win the game in the paint. Um, they ran Dee Dee Richards at the point guard, which she's not a point guard. She's a three um, and sometimes maybe a four. And they basically just chose to overwhelm people with size. And when you're a team like Baylor that can play elite defense inside out and knows you're going to neutralize teams from the outside, you can kind of choose to sacrifice two threes when you're not going to give up threes on the outside. And so in the tournament, you know, they kind of had to go to somebody like uh, DJ Carrington to get them some buckets and Moon Erson to get them some buckets on the outside, but they were able to win so many games by more or less sacrificing the three point line. Uh, I believe they were only, they were two 13th, 213th in the country and made threes last year. Yeah. And 
they shot the three well when they did, but they really were very picky. Um, but conversely, they're fourth in overall field goal percentage. So they obviously chose to reinforce that backcourt this year to maybe add some more of that dynamic three-point shooting um, with somebody like Jamie Asbury and Jordan Lewis. I'm curious to see where this team, just what this team looks like, because you have a Melissa Smith tour. If you want to spam inside buckets, go for it. Um, we're recording this a day after their scrimmage against West Texas. And Nelissa Smith had 34 points and West Texas as a team at 37. So again, they could just, they could really just kind of do that the whole season in so many of their games and they'll be okay. But I'm curious to see what this team looks like. Do they choose to get Jordan Lewis? I believe Jordan Lewis had seven points. Jamie Asbury had eight. Um, Kamari McDaniel only had about seven. She saw one of seven, but again, they're, they're having her shoot. So there's so many questions about this team, but long story short, they're going to be fine. I'm just kind of curious about how they win their games now. Yeah, last year, I mean, they were really just a force on the inside. I, I had to make sure the stat was accurate, and it was. Uh, they were <laughs> plus 18.6 in rebounding margin. Yeah. Plus 18.6. So when they yeah. missed, they got every rebound. And when the other team missed, they got every rebound. They just, every single rebound was, was gotten by uh, that team. Uh, they held yep. teams at 32.6% from the field. Uh, they, like you said, they didn't shoot many threes at all. I think that's one area where they could, I don't, I don't think they're going to take a big step forward as far as shooting goes, but I think Sarah Andrews mm-hmm. in the starting lineup, uh, or if, if she's in the starting lineup or if she'll be in the rotation at the very least is going to help this team a lot. Cause she did, she shot the third, second or third most threes on the team behind obviously um, uh, Dijon Carrington. I think one of the other interesting things I'm looking at the numbers right now. So obviously Melissa Smith and Queen Agbo led their team in rebounds with about nine and eight and a half, you know, who their third and their third and fourth biggest rebounders moon Erson and Dijon Carrington. Moon Erson averaged six and, a, six and a half rebounds a game. That is nuts because, like, obviously she's a guard, but she's also, like, a small guard. Like, that's yeah. not, like, a I 6'1 will, guard out there. That's pretty insane. I will say that they were really relying on that starting five last year. While, 100%. Yeah. While the, the bench played a bit, like, you look and they're like, okay, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes a game here. Like, there was a good amount of players with 10 minutes a game. Once it got conference and tournament time, it was – it was those five. It was Smith, Erson, Carrington, Igbo, uh, Richardson, yeah. Richards. Like that, that was it. So this year, I feel like the the depth is there a little bit more. I mean, you you mentioned it, Kamari, Kamari McDaniel, I think is going to be a, a big boost. Uh, Caitlin Bickle, I think can play an even bigger role. Um, but it is going to come down to these start these starters again. Asbury, uh, Lewis, Smith. I think those are the that's the big three to a degree. And you know how they kind of play together is going to determine a lot. But I, I trust Melissa Smith to carry this team through the big 12. I mean, there's really no concern I have in that aspect, but it's once you get back on that national stage, back in the NCAA tournament, you're playing the Yukons, you're playing the, the Kentuckys, Iowa's, whoever you're playing, then they're going to need more from everybody else. Cause that's what we saw in the tournament. It was like, all right, it's Melissa Smith. And then they couldn't shoot. So it was like, mm-hmm. where are they going to get the, the points from? Like you can and only think- hold on for so long against a, t- a player like uh, Paige Beckers. Yeah, and I think that though I think Didi Richards went out against UConn too. So like there went that. Um, I'm trying to look back at that. Yeah, so like Trinity Oliver, they tried to get her some minutes in there. Uh, I'm looking at the UConn box score right now, and it was like 40 minutes, 39 minutes, 34 minutes, 30. Like it was like they were looking for 
anybody. And like, you know, granted, when you have such a talent, they have probably the best starting five in the <clears throat> in the country. But like, you know, when something happens, like something happened to D.D. Richards, you're kind of scrambling to figure out, OK, who's that? Who's that next option? Who's that person that's going to really do something uh, outside of that bunch? And they're a little bit better positioned this year to 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 perhaps do that. And I think that's where um uh, that's where I'm curious to see what Nikki Collin kind of sees with this team, right? Is she somebody that chooses to play Caitlin Bickle for better or worse more, right? Because um, I believe she only averaged about 14-ish points a game. Um, that'll probably go up just because there is no other option off the bench in terms of a big, so. Yeah, uh, Kamari McDaniel uh, sat out last year. She was injured last year. So getting her back into rhythm, I think will be a good thing. You mentioned her shooting from the last game. I think that'll be a work in progress as the season goes on. But obviously- the year before last year, she was an all Big Ten player. So, yeah, plenty of talent on this team. Let's predict. Um, I'll let you go first. All right, let's see. 18, 17 I mean, and one is, last year ish. 17 and one. <laughs> I still think, I mean, they win. They win the Big 12. I don't think that changes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, who? I'm going to go 16 and two. In the Big 12. Se- who's second in the Big 12? Probably Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, Iowa State. I'd probably go Iowa State. Yeah. Um, I'll go 16 and 2 because I think think they might split with Iowa State. And I would not be stunned if they dropped to Texas. Um, Texas, I'm just just going through the conference in my head right now. I I don't think – again, Texas – I have a lot of questions about Texas, but um, I feel like this is a team that's more prone to stumbling than last year's. I agree. I agree. It's not as bulletproof. I don't think um, I'm going to go 15 and three. And I still think that wins the conference. Iowa state's going to be right there though. I like Iowa state a lot. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Okay. Next is North Texas ish. All righty. Texas. So I'm going to take it right. I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. GMG. All righty. Go for it, bro. Me, me, Mallory and Ashley pickle, man. Just <laughs> go mean green all up in Dave Campbell's. I know. Uh, had you on the had you on the road last year? Had you all over the place? Oh man! All right, North Texas men's. Let's get to it. Uh, let me. All right, eighteen and ten overall, nine and five in conference play. It was a team that entered conference play last year with a losing record, um, and then they just went on their run. Basically, they did what they've done the last two years. I mean, in 2020, they were the conference champs, and then obviously the tournament got canceled. So they won the tournament in 2020. 2021, they end up third in their division in the West. And we've talked about before how good Conference USA's West is, specifically with UAB and La Tech. They come in third, but then they get in the tournament and they just lock down. They are. They end the year 48th in the defense in in the country in defense, 350th in pace. And if that doesn't describe North Texas style, then I don't know what does. That's exactly yeah. what the tournament was. They end up beating La Tech in the 40s. They end up beating uh, Old Dominion in the 50s, and they end up winning against Western Kentucky in the 60s in a game that went to overtime. Like, and then they beat Purdue in the NCAA tournament in the sixties in a game that goes to overtime. So you couldn't score on them because they didn't really let you score. And mm-hmm. they also just took the air out the ball. Um, they were led by Javion Hamlet. Um, for my money, one of the best players in conference USA, um, perhaps the best with, I mean, just over the past two years, um, James Reese, Zachary Simmons, 
all three seniors that are going to be gone this year. But I mean, Grant McCaslin at North Texas has just done a terrific job at obviously turning the program around from when he started at 20 in 2017. I mean, to, to get a tournament win, the first tournament win in North Texas history is something that still is mind boggling to me. I still can't believe that I saw that. So um, great team. Uh, as far as returning pieces go, it starts with JJ Murray and Thomas Bell, Thomas Bell specifically. I have him as one of the three, four best players in the conference conference USA. Um, he might not, he's not going to put up 20 points a game, but he, he could definitely put up, 15 8 and 4 like mm -hmm. that that type of impact player. So they have a good they have five returners um and I think all five of them start. Uh, so JJ Murray, Marjorie McBride, Ruben Jones, Thomas Bell and Abu Usman. After that you have a whole slate of new guys that I'm interested in watching. I definitely I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. I mean, you're coming off a historic season for sure. North Texas standards. Um so I think they're going to take a step back. Uh, they were predicted to come in 6th in the conference. And I think, while I think that's a little low, I think that's pretty much fair. I think three to five range is going to be four to five range is probably where, where I have it in the conference. Mm -hmm. I will say they, they should not enter next, uh, this year's conference schedule with a losing record. I don't think they have a couple, they have, obviously they play Kansas. Um, they have an interesting game against uh, UTA and Sam Houston, but that's kind of it. I think this is a team that should probably, I think, this team, this was scheduled to kind of put together, try to finding, try to try and finding your next step guys, right? Your, your next go-to guys. I will say um, it depends on yeah. after the Kansas game, cause that's a tournament. So they'll play yeah, three yeah, games yeah. that one. So they could go like Kansas, Dayton and true, some other good true, teams. That's the three killer slate that Nevada's not bad. And Wichita state's not bad. Everybody right. else. I, yeah. Sam Houston. It's not, it's not going to be, I don't think the, I mean, 500, I don't think they'll have a losing record. Let's put it that way. Cause yeah, they, I think they had Arkansas, five. they had West, they had West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not sure. That's a good question. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm on Kim Palm. Go for it. 77th last year. Okay. Okay. All, All right. Well, we'll uh, see about that. Um, right, Buffalo's cold. But yeah, no, like, <laughs> but yeah, anytime you lose somebody like a, like a JV on Hamlet, you know, I love the stat that they kept throwing up during the Purdue game that he was number one in floaters. Like <laughs> he had the best floating, uh, like shooting, shooting percentage using floaters, something like that, or like yeah. the most points scored from floater, like insanely creative player. Um, but you mentioned it, this is a system team, right? This isn't a guy, this isn't a team that falls apart when they lose a go-to score. This is a team that like, they're going to take the air out of the ball. They're going to play incredible uh, aggressive perimeter defense and they're going to activate a i think we're going to see the press a little bit more i know north texas did not use the press as much last year um and i think grant mccaslin even back in his time at arkansas state that was kind of what he established early was a pretty aggressive press and i would not be shocked if, if we see that a little bit more this year um to maybe give them more of an edge than probably what they had offensively over teams last year um I would not be surprised if we see him use that a little bit more frequently. Yeah. Uh, I think there, there is an avenue for this team playing a bit faster, but I don't think they're going to start the season playing faster, even though mm -hmm. like last year and the year before they started off playing faster and then got slower as the year went on. Mm -hmm. I could see that working the other way around this time. Uh, Ruben Jones specifically uh, sophomore guard uh, out of Houston Yates. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Houston Yates obviously puts up a hundred a game uh, him with the ball in his hands. I trust in the open court. I think, that could be an avenue where they uh, can push the pace. But other than that, I think the bench is slightly concerning. You have Tyler Perry, uh, uh, Coffeeville, a Juco national champ coming off the bench, so kind of like a microwave scorer. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Amir Wright transferred from Washington. Rasheed Brown, a and Corpus Christi transfer. Um, so you have some depth there, but I think it's just going to come down to those five returners that I named uh, playing defense, which I think they will, and then figuring out offensively. Because while Javion Ham, while I, I think you made a really good point in the system. Losing Javion Hamlet's not going to drop the floor out from this team by any right. means. The ceiling, though, is questionable, right? Moving into mm-hmm. those games where, all right, it's a tight game because it's like 41 to 40 in the four, in, with like three minutes left. Like, who's going to get a bucket here? And it was always yeah. Javion Hamlet. I think that turns into Marjorie's McBride. I think that turns into Ruben Jones and maybe even Thomas Bell to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I think all those guys are capable, but, you know, Javion Hamlet did it for two years basically flawlessly. I will say in something in Grant McCaslin's favor is that he's always had that guy and that next guy step up right in 2020. I don't think everybody expected it to be JV on Hamlet or, and so uh, 2018, 2019, it was, you Gibson, Roosevelt smart, you know, it was like, it was a bunch of guys where you're like, Oh, this guy's going to step up now. And then two years ago, I mean, and they won 20, like last year was the first time since 2017, they didn't win 20 games and they were doing it, you know, without, uh, they were doing it every year with somebody different. It felt like, so I think that's something, I think that's something to go in his favor as well. That's an excellent point. Yeah. I've I've honestly forgot about those Roosevelt smart years. I, uh, even though I covered them like firsthand, he was breaking records (laughs) at three point shooting. Just what a, what a year. Um, all right, let's predict, uh, North Texas, 18 game schedule. Uh, like I said, I think Conference USA is a fascinating conference to watch. Um, mm-hmm. La Tech and UAB, I think, are the two best teams in the West. Western Kentucky is going to be good again. Um, I think obviously UTEP's improved. I don't think they just walk over UTEP like they did last year. Um, what do we have? UTEP and Rice going. UTEP. I have. We have them going. UTEP. You have 10 and 8. I have 8 and 10. Rice, you have 10 and 8. I have 9 and 8. 9 and 9. Okay. Damn. Whew. All right. Well, um, it kind of made me nervous for, for my picks, but uh, I'm going to go. Right? I was just thinking about that. Like, damn, all right. Because, uh, like, even when they won the conference two years ago, they were, like, 13, 14 and 4, I think. And then last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I. I mean, I was lower on UTEP and Rice, so I can afford myself a little wiggle room here because I definitely think they're better than those two teams. But yeah, uh, I'm going to go 12 and 6. Okay. Which still might be a little high. 11 and 7 might be, but go I'm going to go 10 and 8 again. Yeah. Same as UTEP. North Texas this, versus UTEP this... has become a prime time matchup, baby. Yeah. This is one that I'm, this is the, one of the this might be high on my list in terms of like ones i'm gonna regret like around like mid-february i feel like i i I know i think i think 10 to 12 is fine i think that's Mm -hmm. like the perfect range i will say i think the floor of this team is just high enough to where they're just gonna i think they're 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 gonna beat the bad teams pretty substantially here just with their defense yep all right to the women um where'd he go where'd he go um i'll start real quick Mm -hmm. All right. Um, this team, I want to start off. This team finally took the leap forward last year. So covering J- Jaylee Mitchell got there when I got there. Um, actually, no, she got there a year before I got there. So she got there 2015-16. I it was her first year. And, you know, I covered her my freshman year. And then ever since then, it's kind of just been like waiting and waiting 
and waiting on that this team to take that step forward because they mm-hmm. kept coming in like eighth, ninth, and tenth in the conference. And we were like, is this ever going to happen? And credit to Jalen Mitchell. She stuck with it, changed her coaching staff around a few times, changed her personnel around a few times. And they finally did it. They took their step forward last year. They went 13 and seven and 10 foreign conference, not the greatest year in, in history of North Texas. They end up losing the first round of the conference USA tournament. It was very disappointing, but still it showed that this program is capable of having a frankly, a year over 500, like substantially over 500. Like they've been sitting around like 14 and 14 years, the past six years and to finish 13 and seven and to play the way that they played was very, very promising. Um, Like I said, the loss to old dominion, the first round of the tournament was, was disappointing. Old dominion ends up, I think winning like two games in the tournament. They actually made a little bit of a run, Uh, but last year they end up becoming an elite shooting team. Um, you look at uh, Quincy Noble and Nia Boyd as, as your backcourt. Nia Boyd now gone. Uh, Quincy Noble is a co-player uh, of the year in the conference going into the year. I mean, just a great player. Um, they end up taking 18 threes per game and making 33% of them while holding teams to 26% from three. Just the three-point shooting has been was the biggest difference for me uh, mm-hmm. last year because going in years past, they were very, very stagnant, unable to create a lot of good looks from three. But when you have that creator in Quincy Noble, I think it just makes a huge difference. So um, they weren't great rebounding, weren't great free throw shooting team, but I, I, I love the way that this team played last year. And while they lose a good amount, while they lose like Nia boy, destiny Brooks, Rochelle Lee, this is, I think we, we need to coin this phrase. This is an all-in candidate. We've had a few of them in this mm-hmm. 48 teams that we've, we've covered here. This is one of them. This is an yeah. all-in candidate. They have five grad seniors on this team. Yep. And that doesn't include Quincy Noble. And that yeah. doesn't include like a couple other key, key players. Like I'm looking at this depth chart and I'm like, there's, 10 players I could see getting significant minutes. They add Fresno state starter in Allie Gamez, or um, they add a South Alabama starter in Jalen Millard. They add Louisiana tech starter in Amber Dixon. Amber Dixon I, yep. I don't even know if she's going to start. And then you have a slew of returners. Like it's an all in candidate. It's an yep. all in candidate. Uh, last thing I'll say, Maddie Townley who started at Ford for them last year. I mean, sixth year senior, they have tons of experience here. Trina Mims has been there since I've been there loads of experience it's an all-in candidate yep 100 i think that last year they <clears throat> this is one of the teams that kind of uh, i feel like it got got a little uh, a bit of a shorthand when it came to some of their postponements because you know you mentioned they lost they lost to old dominion they both their regular season matchups were postponed against them um they postponed against rice so like there was another contender so like it was a team that beat the teams that it should have beat and but never quite got to see its real ceiling reached um because of that and i think they ended up making up that rice again so they, they just put yeah. it off they split they split I mean, the rice series yeah but still. um but still yeah you mentioned like you you really wanted to see them play a full strength schedule and then of course when they run up against an old dominion it's a team that they're just kind of like yeah we never we never saw them this year um but yeah, Jaylee Mitchell's definitely seeing this team as an all-in candidate based off the, you know, you steal a, a, a starter from a rival, in-conference rival, you steal a starter from South Alabama, which is a notoriously good uh, program as well, uh, with Jalen Mallard. And, like, I'm really excited to see this team because 
do they take that step forward? You know, playing it's kind of aside from uh, UTEP and probably UAB, like they're one of the more experienced teams in this in conference in the West, especially. Um, and so I'm just so fascinated to see what an experienced North Texas team that's rolling now, like looks like and how about what their ceiling is. And the, the two teams picked above. So they were picked tied for third mm-hmm. and the two teams picked above them. I don't have it in front of me. I think it was Charlotte and something. They're both in the East and the mm-hmm. team that they were tied with is in the East as well. So they were picked to come in first in the West pretty yeah. much. Right. And that's a big deal because obviously that's a majority of your schedule um, to a degree. I, I think they stagger the divisions to a degree in conference USA. Um, Jay-Z on Jackson. I want to give a shout out to, cause last year she was a very big part of what they did offensively making. She's kind of like, She's the one that gets things going. I have her like as mm-hmm. like a playmaker creator type um, going into her junior year. Uh, I'm interested to see if they start uh, Ali Gamez. Uh, I think she's really good on both ends of the court. That could be a big boost. So, I mean, there, there's just not a discernible weakness here. I think if Quincy Noble, she doesn't even have to take like a step forward. I don't know. If they think, I don't think she's going to have more on her plate this year. I think she. Right even though obviously Naya Boyd was good last year, I think you look at this team and you're like, all right, this team has, if not more playmakers, it has just as many posts that they can trust. Um, I think Emma Villas uh, Gomez showed in, uh, I know against the old dominion in the old dominion game, she flashed. And I Mm -hmm. think that she's someone who could kind of step forward at six, six foot three. So that's another graduate senior. So I, I, it's a, it's a big year. It's a big, big year for Jaylee Mitchell. And, um, I've said that in the past, but in the past, it's kind of been like, all right, is this going to be the year that they break, break through Mm -hmm. at the breakthrough year to a degree. Now you are actually predicted to like be really, really good. Yeah. I think that offensively they could probably take a step forward. Um, they're about average when it comes to the conference, the rest of the conference, um, kind of sinking even below average at times, but they were able to stop just completely shut teams down defensively. So, you know, if they just take a step forward on that side of the ball, like it could be, their ceiling could be just like skyrocketing. So um, yeah, I think this is definitely one of the conference favorites, no doubt. All right. What do you have them going in 18 games? Whew. 18 games. What did I put for UTEP? Uh, I, I got to gauge that. UTEP women, you, we both have at 15 Uh-oh. and three. Oh my goodness. I'm going 15 and three as well. Oh, really? Okay. I'm going. Those two teams are just going to run the West. Yeah. I got, I'll go 12 and six. I think a little bit behind the West is just like UTSA rice. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of layup UAB. lines for a while. Yeah. UAB and LaTeX are better, uh, yeah. but like Southern Miss. Yeah. No, it's the North Texas and UTEP are just going to run through that. It's going to be, it's going to be some, uh, some layup lines going on in, in, uh, in Denton for a little bit. Okay. Oh, gee. All right. Typed in, locked in. All right. The final team, the 40, the, the 47th and 48th teams, the 24th school, UT Arlington. Um, I'll start off off on the men's. They go 13 and 13 last year, nine and eight in conference. They end up bringing in a new coach, uh, Greg Young, who was an assistant at UTA the past 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at last year, they lose first round against Troy, even though they were the higher seed, I believe. And they were just 
a team that was kind of like way too centric around Shahada Wells. Like yeah, Shahada yeah. Wells did everything for them. 16 points, 17 points a game, four assists, 2.2 steals, 39% from three. Great player. We talked about him on the TCU podcast. Um, they were plus 2.8 in turnover margin, plus 1.7 in blocks, plus 2.2 in steals. Um, it's a team that on paper I liked a lot, but when you went past Shahada Wells, you were kind of like, all right, these other guys are fine, but I didn't really trust them to create at all. Like Sam Griffin, who's not, who's now at Tulsa, averaged 13 points per game. Uh, David Azori, I believe, was second team all conference preseason this year. At, uh, mm-hmm. He averaged 12 points a game last year. You return Patrick Imwaba, uh, uh, six foot seven forward. You add Javon Levi from UTRGV, and uh, among others, uh, Lorazo, Lazar, I'm sorry, Lazar Rojas from Fresno State. So is it a team that's entering like a rebuild type thing? Cause I don't know if they can get back to over 500 without Shahada Wells. And with the team that they have uh, currently, they were picked the tenth, tied for ninth in the Sun Belt. So that kind of gives you an idea of what people think about them as far as the coaches or mm-hmm. media go. I, I look at this team as possibly a rebuild type candidate going from yeah. the all in we had last, <laughs> like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I think that they've been in such a weird spot because so I remember two, three years ago when Scott Cross was, was fired. Um, he had that program really, really rolling. And as one of the top mid to me, one of the most consistent mid majors over his time. And then they move on. Basically, I forgot who the AD was at the time, but he basically released a statement saying, we have aspirations bigger than Scott Cross, which is, he, he, he threw the name out. He threw the Gonzaga comparison out there and it's like, bro, what? And then they go and hire Chris Ogden, who again was a good assist was Chris Beard's number two. Um, and then he ends up going back to uh, alongside Chris Beard. And so they hire Greg Young, which I think was a good move because like, that's the, he was, he was there for the Scott Cross years. He was there for the, the Chris Ogden years. And he, he's somebody consistent. And I think he's somebody that knows what UTA's what UTA should be, can recruit the area well, and can build this program to back to being not in one year, but back to being one of the teams to watch in the Sun Belt because this is a team that should be winning twenty games and should be competing for Sun Belt titles. Um, I was there when Scott Cross's best team fell just short uh, when they the year they beat. I believe Texas and Ohio state and St. Mary's, I believe it was like, it was an insane run, but that's where they should be aspiring to be. And that's where I think this program has the talent to be. And so you bring in somebody like a Javon Levi, who I think is a solid, you know, from UTRGV is a solid, solid point guard. Um, And I don't think this is going to be a team that competes right away, but I think this is going to be a team that's kind of annoying to play. If that makes sense. Um, they're going to be a team that's probably is going to take a game. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a game off Texas state or take a game off a contender, because I do think David Azor is a good player. I'm curious to see some of these other transfers that come in. I think they're going to bring back some of the defense that, uh, that was kind of, they were known for under Scott cross with Greg young now. Um, but yeah, no, this is, they're in such a weird spot that, um, I'm just really curious about what, what, what goes on this year? Such a such a disappointing year last year. I mean, oh, 100%. Like, I mean, the past two years, that you know, he he the AD drops that Gonzaga quote, and then they don't compete for the conference basically for two years, and it's like, what did you? And then Scott Cross has, I think Scott Cross is at Troy now, and he's like, well, he wins a tournament game, 
you know, like in, in the Sun Belt, and it's like, why'd you let this guy go? You know, so yep. it's a it's a weird. They're in a weird, weird, weird like limbo area right now as a program. Yeah, they ended the year ranked 253rd in Kim Palm, like and 246th in offense, 260th in defense. Just a bunch of like middling numbers here. I mean, sure. low low numbers. And you look at conference like eighth in offense, seventh in defense. Like they just weren't good at anything really. Uh, they led the conference in block percentage for what it's worth, I guess, you know. Um, but the last in effective field goal percentage as an offense. So it's like, well, now you don't have Shahada Will. So, yeah. I mean, on one hand, you hope maybe, I mean, Javon Levi is more of a creator, an assist man, can set up guys really well. So I, I hope that that kind of raises the floor of what this team can be offensively because they were so sporadic and just so inconsistent mm-hmm. last year. But I think it's just going to come down to their defense and Greg Young instilling a defensive identity in this team that they haven't had since they were good. Um, also, when they were good, they had a lot of talent. They had Kevin Hervey. They had a, a, you know, a bunch of like really solid players. So yeah. Um, and I don't think they have that on this team yet. So I look at this year as being a rebuild-esque year, um, kind of get your footing back under you. They, sh- they shot 41% from two last year. Yeah. Just an incredible number. So, uh, yeah, I, I have low expectations. Uh, you, you know the Sun Belt better than me. Um, ninth, I, I think, is appropriate just based off what That's I fair. know. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a quote from Greg Young when I read the article is like, yeah, you know, ninth is about, it's about right. We haven't, you know, had a good good years the past two years. So yeah, everybody knows this is a team. I think this is a team that you look at the starting five and it's going to be a lot of graduate and and senior graduate students and and seniors, but I think they're going to be set up because basically everybody else is an underclassman, right? Everybody else is going to be back next year. So like, I feel like this is a setup year to get competitive, right. And do, you know, to have the bottom not fall out from under you. And then next year go into 2022, 2023 with a little bit more of experience. So, um, so we'll, I will say, I, again, this isn't going to be a team that's contending. Um, the West in particular is pretty, the, the East is the tougher part of the Sun Belt, yeah. but they're going to be playing a lot in the, in the East. So that's going to be an issue for them. Yep. All right. Let's predict 18 games. I assume. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Let me double. Let me double check their schedule. See how exactly how it breaks. But I'm pretty sure. Do they avoid? Not going to break good. Whatever. So they 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 only get Georgia State once with help. That helps. And they only get. Let's see. App State once as well. Okay. So the the East breaks kind of favorably for them, but. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they're not better than many teams in the West <laughs> still. I'm gonna go six and twelve. Okay, six and twelve for ish. I think you know I, I can't see UTR on going like four and fourteen. I just sure sure no or, no. Like I think Javon Levi is a fine player. I think um, Azori is a fine player. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you six and twelve. All right, I'm gonna stick with you. All right, be very very measuredly pessimistic about where they go so i'll be tuned into ut arlington and north texas men's i think they play like december 12th something like that yeah so i'll be tuned in we will see right. what ut arlington has all right last team the ut arlington women's so i'll let you take them yes all righty so last year they 
kind of so long story short they kind of get a a, a whirlwind before the season starts um Shari, uh krista Gurlick leaves for tech obviously and i believe this was like i can't remember exactly when this happened but it was like a month or two months before the season starts basically so they scramble and they go hire uh, uh, Vanderbilt assistant, associate head coach Sharika Wright. And again, she's in kind of a tough situation. And they go 13 and 7 and 11 and 4 in conference. And this is a this turns out to be a pretty good team. <clears throat> Granted, they had a lot of experience from um, Krista Gerlich, of course, built them into one of the more reliable mid-majors in the country, but this still was a tough situation for Sharika Wright to walk into. And she more or less like has them playing really good defense, really good defense, and they're sharing the ball a ton. They're not shooting that great, but they're one of the top teams in assists as a team. Uh, I believe 65% of their shots came off assisted, uh, came off assists. That was about 12th in the country. Um, they were able to play great defense, 18th in the country in field, allowed field goal percentage, 10th in the country in 13, uh, three-point percentage uh, defense, very, very good. We mentioned Katie Farrell is one of the most underrated players in to me in the country just because she's not going to fill up a stat sheet. And she's by far one of the most efficient players and one of the most valuable players. You just look at the metrics. Um, she's, I think, uh, a couple years ago, the the kind of the phrase Draymond Green comparison kind of came out because again, you look at you'll look at Draymond Green is like ah, six points, four assists, and five rebounds. And then you'll look at he is like a plus 30 or something on his like yeah. on his like plus minus or something. And that's similar to what the way she plays, where you know, she'll have I'm trying to find her averages real quick. She averaged five point six points, six or I'm sorry, uh basically five assists and four yeah. rebounds. Right. And so like you'll and look at like yeah, and you're like, that's filling up the box score. But, you know, you, every game to game you look at and then it's like, oh, that's that's fine. But then you look and it's like, oh, they'd lose if she doesn't play well, you know. Um, and they were, they were a pretty deep team, too. They played everybody about 20-ish minutes a game, um, which was pretty impressive, too. So I'm curious to see what happens now. They bring back um, they bring back a decent amount, not a lot. Uh, we just talked about the men's who kind of do bring back a little bit more um, outside of the top. But I think this is a team that's going to be still a pretty decent contender in the West. I don't know if they're one of the favorites, but this is a team that I'm very optimistic for because of how last year went. Um, now, Sharika Ray gets a full offseason to kind of implement what she wants to do. I'm kind of curious if there's any more changes with that. Um, but I think this is a team that uh, I'm going to be really interested in seeing, especially defensively, because I think that's something that they could, I mean, it's scary to say, but if they could just maintain or get better at that, like, I think this is a conference contender at that point. Yeah. It was a team that shot the ball pretty well last year, as far as they shot 18 threes per game at 32% clip. Mm -hmm. uh, they end up losing the first round of the tournament to App State, and they yeah. only shoot 414 from three that game um, and only have eight assists. Um, like you said, they were one of the best assist teams in the, in the country, really. They had double-digit assists in basically every single game. They go against mm -hmm. App State, and they kind of just get shut down. They score 46 points. So um, it is there are flaws. They lose Bree, Bree Wickware. They return Shia Smith. They return Katie Farrell. Like you said, there will be those two that kind of ignite everything. Uh, Katie Farrell – only play, I mean, she played 25 minutes a game last year 
she only started 11 games and she put up those numbers that I said, right. She yep. basically had a two to one turnover. She had more than a two to one turn assist to turnover ratio. She led the team in steals. She almost led the team in blocks. Like I thought the Draymond green comparison was amazing, even though she can <laughs> also shoot. She shot 39% yeah. for three last year on 50 on 49 attempts. So uh, there's not a real weakness in her game. And I think she's going to be that cog that if you can just fit pieces around her, and I think Shai Smith's more than just a piece, but if you can fit mm-hmm. pieces around her, this team, there's a reason this team was picked third in the Sun Belt. Like, yeah. I think there, there is a ceiling that is, that is, this team is capable of going into this year. Yeah, I think so. And the other thing that is fascinating to me, they didn't bring much in, right? They, they, you, they kind of stuck to their high school recruiting, right? They, they bring in, they brought in true freshmen. They didn't bring, you know, a transfer here and there. So it's like, it goes to show that they like what they have and they really, they really stuck to, they're really sticking to that. Um, because this, this is a team that could have easily added, Oh, let's go get a front court player. Let's go get, you know, somebody to replace uh Bree Rickware, you know, things like that. But no, they was like, no, this is, this is pretty much it. Um, I don't think they brought in a single transfer. Like they had just kind of six, six freshmen. There are six yeah. freshmen on this team. So it kind of shows that, you know, Sharika writes like, I'm going to use this to actually build, something and have something for the next year um because this is a team that it's still it's going to be a contender this year but i don't think this is a team that falls off next year right because they have um they're they're choosing this they're going to choose to they're going to probably play a lot of freshmen in the second unit and um add probably towards the probably towards the conference tournament time like we'll probably see like three or four of these freshmen probably on the floor consistently with the second unit or so one player that they did bring in via transfer, and I mm. think it might be the only one, uh, the only one I saw, uh, Disha yeah. Benjamin uh, okay. from Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. played in 11 games, uh, started two, uh, doesn't look like, uh, she she got hurt December 19th, mm-hmm. and so she missed a majority of the year, but okay. uh, or she at least missed part of the year. So anyways, that's the one that I that I found. So you, you bring in six, six fresh, or six, what I say six freshmen and basically like one transfer. Uh, yeah. You're basically rolling with what you got. Yep. All righty. So we got 18 here. Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. We had, we had uh Texas state women at 10 and eight each. You know, looking back on this, we were really, we we were high on some teams. Not that Texas state's not going to be good, but we, we had some, have a lot of double digit ones. I'm gonna go. What was Texas State picked in the poll? Is UTA was third, right? And yeah, UTA was third here. I have it right here. Let me let me get it up. If there's because I want to see if my thinking's in line with the coaches. No, you you just want to pick whatever they picked. You don't want to oh, okay. You don't want to think for yourself here. All right, this guy. That's all right. Uh, Throw me on the bus. Let's see. Oh, good. I can't even find it, so you don't even get it. All right, eleven and eight. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking for it now. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay. Now you want you want some Golly, help. Where is this? <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking for some help here. Okay. Um, you, you said eleven and seven. Oh, 11, did I say eleven and eight? Uh, yeah, eleven and, and eight. Sorry, yeah, I added a game. Yes, eleven and seven. I was just gonna jump right over it. Tro- okay, so the, I got it right here. Troy, Louisiana, UTA, Texas State's the top four. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm. I'm gonna go with 10 and 8. Okay. 10 and 8 on par with Texas State. Oh man, we did it. This stock looks beautiful. Oh, look at that. Ooh, I'm just ready. Honestly, 
and this this isn't to say that I'm I didn't enjoy this all. I just want basketball to start. I just I want know. games to start. Like this is this has all been great researching every team yeah. uh, at one in the morning. But <laughs> man, I just want to like watch it just because yes. it's a lot easier to just watch and react than guess. And not to say we weren't educated, but this is like 48 teams. You're gonna be wrong on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So we can actually just like see these teams and react to it. Oh man. Yeah, um, I can't wait. Uh, Tuesday, uh, this podcast will probably come out Monday and then, uh, Tuesday's a uh, game day. Basically it's a tip man. And Tuesday. So then we have, we, we still haven't figured out. Well, actually we haven't talked about it. I, I haven't mean to bring it up how we want to do the, the layout yeah, podcast, for the shows coming up for the shows. And that's, that's going to be the interesting thing here. So I'm, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll, we'll put figure it out. Actually. Uh, but yeah, plenty of games. Uh, we'll even, I started working on like a game of the day start gra- uh, type graphic name we could put on twitter or something like that put on the site or whatever so plenty yep. of content on the way coming out we hope you enjoyed all this uh again if you want to hear any of the teams in the state of texas as far as division one goes we have all of them covered so be sure to check them out on our page uh leave us a like follow us send it to a friend send it, leave us five-star review on apple um all that good stuff check us out at texasbasketball.com check us out on at DCT basketball on Twitter, uh, at Ishmael R. Johnson on Twitter, and at Matthew Bruni underscore on Twitter. We thank y'all for joining us. Um, and let's let's watch some basketball. Let's do anyway. it, man.